Hey, what's up, everybody? This is You Mad Bro. I'm Dr. Jess Sally. I'm Dr. Shannon Edwards. How's everybody doing out there today? Uh, I'm dragging. Yeah. I got some, I got the itis. Long week, huh? It's not the Rona, I don't <laughs> think, but it's the itis. Yeah, the life itis. I got the life itis. I got something, something wicked this week. Um, <laughs> something's going on. <laughs> well, it's been a big week. It has been. Uh, I don't know if everybody read or not, but Paula Reed Ward did a really great write-up in the Tribune Review. I'm so used to saying the Post-Gazette, but she <laughs> is now with the Tribune Review. Yes, you heard right. After yeah, our... Really good article. Toward past. Right. With We have come full circle. Yes. Circle of life. <laughs> it is closed. I'm happy. Yeah, it's closed. Let's not open it up again right. ever. Right. We have crushed it out now but no it was a really great article uh, it was really fun to do the interview we did the interview on zoom mm-hmm. we did we did a couple interviews on zoom yeah and then we interviewed with next pittsburgh and i really i love that article i also thought it really was article, an yeah. awesome uh, article it was really cool to interview with christy from next pittsburgh yeah so talk. just to just to kind of catch everybody up we sort of took a week off last week we're going to be re-releasing this week but we had a big press release on tuesday last week um and uh wednesday wednesday thanks to our pr team and we uh did some really good interviews on wednesday uh launched a new website uh yeah shout out to lee frank yeah lee frank media right killing it yeah so launched a new website uh that's available on the instagram page uh you guys can get the link to it check it out check out all the other episodes um you know, just been getting a lot of good feedback on the on the Tribune Review article and the Next Pittsburgh article. Both of them were great. People have been reaching out saying how uh, good it is to see out there. So, you know, keep the good comments coming. Keep the good energy coming. We're we're liking we're loving it this week. So yeah, and all, you know, as always, we really want people to send us emails or messages with kind of any type of topics that y'all want to hear or uh, anything that you want us to talk about on the podcast and. Don't forget to, if you haven't already, vote for us for Best Local Podcast in Pittsburgh City Papers, Best of Pittsburgh 2020. And you can just go to their website, the City Paper website, and do that. Yeah, thanks We're for every, thanks everybody who's that. already voted. That's awesome. Yes, super awesome. We're really pumped about it. This week, we're talking about school. Back to school. Oh, my God. I thought the same thing. Back so to I am school. not a fool. <laughs> so... I think this is a this is uh, a relatively stressful time. It seems like for a lot of folks, uh, I feel like it hasn't stopped being stressful uh, right. since March. <laughs> I think this just adds this adds a new element of quote unquote uncertainty to the whole uncertain times thing. But but I've been I've been kind of polling parents across the last week or so, like trying to find find out everybody else's thoughts on what their kids are doing, you know, how back to school is going to be working for them and just trying to get some good feedback from people on what they think, what they feel, what the plans are. The biggest response that I've gotten from people so far is I don't even know. Like that's just been like the, <laughs> that's where we are. We, that's like the first thing that comes out of everybody's mouth. What's your, what's the plans for back to school for your kids? No idea. I, I don't even know. Our school, our daughter goes to a, a private school a Catholic school and They've changed the plan three times. And you know what? They actually, they have a good plan they in really did. place, like details wise. I think that just looking at other models and probably getting feedback from all of us parents, myself included, um, they pro- they've just been redrawing their plan a few times. So we're pushed back a little bit. 
We don't. We've been sending. Um, I think you just got to pull back on those RIP emails just a little bit. Listen, I love a good letter writing campaign. Hold on, hold on. Strongly worded letter. Strongly worded letter writing campaign because I feel like in therapy, it gets your emotions across in a good way. Well, wait, hold on. So you know those times when like they say, sometimes you just have to get your feelings out when you write something and then you like just delete it. Yeah. Like maybe that's, maybe that should be like a step. I miss that step <laughs> like, every time. What are those, what, like there used to be that program on Google where it was like, they called it what, like goggles or something like that, yeah. where like at late at night, like if you were sending emails or something like that, it would make you like double check the send. I thought we just made that up like one night at the kitchen table. No, I think that was like a real thing. I used to decide that after like two glasses of wine, that was like my best like letter writing time or email returning time. No. And Jess Google, would, Google like, would strongly. My emails and be like, no, strongly disagree. Can't send this. <laughs> well, anyway, so our yeah, so gotten feedback. Probably our school has changed its plan a few times, but I mean, it's not like they didn't have a good plan in place. I think everything just keeps changing. Right. Pittsburgh Public is actually probably one of the only ones that has stuck to their plan. They've already started, I believe. Right. Yeah. That, um, there's a teacher actually in our building that teaches for them. Yeah, I mean, I've heard I've heard a, a lot of different feedback. There's been you know some people that are doing like hybrid programs where it's part virtual, part brick and mortar. Some people said everything's virtual. Some people are, you know, not doing anything virtual, but still doing like brick and mortar, just like uh, segmented days of the week. Okay. Can we just like talk about the hybrid model? Cause I think it's bullshit. Like well, yeah. if you don't have like a day of cleaning in there, there's no scientific evidence to suggest that COVID only lives on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Well, I've, I've heard people say like they're using the they're using the days in between each to clean the facilities. I don't know if it's realistic to be able to clean an entire large facility like that in 24 hours. But I've also heard that what some places are doing is that they're doing it by last name. So like Monday, Wednesday would be a certain part of the population. Tuesday, Thursday would be the other half, depending on lettering. And then every other Friday was like the the mean that they were using that but, sounds horrible right so that i don't sounds like a nightmare for teachers and parents well that's the thing it's like it's not so much even like how often the kids are there and like in the time frame it's also like how it changes the schedules for people at home because you know you and i i mean we're we're both still working i've been in the office i, know, I haven't hit the lottery yet it's very sad right you've been doing a lot of virtual stuff i would love to hit the lottery and just do pro bono work the rest of my life wouldn't that be nice that would be so nice yeah i maybe like go do like Doctors Without Borders somewhere. I don't know. All right. Back. Snap back. Sorry. Snap sorry. Back. Sorry. Sorry. So. <laughs> so, yeah. Still I mean, working. It's still parents that have to figure that out. I don't know what everybody else's ideas are out there. Everybody else's thoughts. Uh, but, you know, those are just that's just a little bit of feedback that I've gotten. I think when we looked at the plan that our school would put together initially we were really happy about it they had put together i think a good mix between the ability to uh, put together a good brick and mortar solution for the kids that wanted to be there plus they had still had a virtual option uh that seemed really good so that the kids that were at home could even still get the same educational experience that the kids in the classroom were having just via well, it was Zoom. a virtual academy so it was like the opposite so the teachers would stay inside the classroom and teach and then the students would be at home which would be great even right. you know for working parents that are lucky enough to work from home yeah then at least the students were the kids would be wearing masks that were there they were all nice and socially distanced within the classroom and yeah. then 
now we don't know. Right. The hard part for for us, at least for being in a private school, was that it wasn't the decision of the school, I feel like. And I feel like they had a really good plan in place. I think it was the, the decision of the Diocese of Pittsburgh, well, unfortunately. But that's, that's also, I find to be interesting. Interesting. Because my friends that have kids in high schools in the diocese are going back on the 27th or 25th. And it's a hybrid model. They have their model decided. So... I don't know. Something ain't right. Right. I don't know what. Well, again, that's the that's kind of meets with the common theme. I don't even know. Everybody's know. everybody's kind of in the same boat with that. But I do know these school supplies were not cheap this year. Right. Right. <laughs> Tuition's paid up. Oh God. <laughs> but uh, do I get paid right. for teaching at home? I feel <laughs> I like have we to. Some, on some level, I feel like I we like should get cut. reimbursed. <laughs> So whenever you pulled your friends, were they the ones that were actually like at home teaching their kids or were they like dads that were going back to work and didn't have to stay at home and teach the kids? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not just dads. I mean, it's it was parents, plural, uh, you know, most... but I think that's an interesting thing to ask. So how many of your friends that you know of were dads that stayed home and did homeschooling? There were dads that I know that stayed home to do like virtual work, but I can't speak for the dads that were at home like actually doing like virtual teaching or anything like that okay most of the parents that i talk to are both parents in the household work yeah as professionals some are able to do some things at home some people have to be in a brick and mortar facility to be able to do things well yeah but i'm i'm asking like do you know about like how many of your friends the the guys are the ones that are doing the homeschooling and moms like either at home also working but you know. I don't know the exact statistics on that, but I'd say, I mean, I'd say the majority of it is the dads are working yeah. and, and not doing the homeschooling, but I don't want to be, I'm tr- I don't want to be biased, but I mean, we're I, not being biased. I'm bias. just like, I think that's also something I wanted to talk about because as much, and as far as we've come, like in terms of gender roles and women, you know, going to work and doing things, I know at least in my friend group, uh, all of the women on like both group texts that I have are, all working professionals and they're either working virtually or sometimes going into the office and not, and they're doing a hundred percent of the schooling. And I know for us, like you, you didn't really have the option. Like we talked about that in our, um, in our second episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's also, I think that's just one thing for parents to consider whether you're in an intact family or not, and whether you come to that decision or not, especially if you're an in, in an intact family and you're making that decision, it puts a lot of stress on on moms if they're the ones or the the female staying home and working virtually and then also having to homeschool. And I think we are at a point now, we are six months in. We are all fatigued. COVID COVID fatigue is a mm-hmm. real thing, like mm-hmm. at one, you know, for one reason or another. And I think it's a big a big thing for couples to talk about or parents to talk about. Right. Um because no matter what, like we've talked about before, there is always this image you want to portray of being number one parent, whether that's father or mother. However, in these circumstances, at least in my experience, the majority of folks are staying home or moms and they are trying to do both. And it's tough. It's really tough. Yeah. Yeah. I can even say like in the, on the times that I've had to, on the, and I'll even admit to this on the few times that I've had to be there like on certain days to like oversee teachings and stuff through the school. And initially this was even still when they were figuring out their plan in the early stages of this, 
it was it was hard. Like it's hard to in and it's mm-hmm. this is just for one child. Mm-hmm. It's hard to be there. And I know we've talked about this before. It's hard to it's hard to be their teacher because you know it, it, you don't you don't have that skill set. I mean, some people can be very nurturing. Some people can be very you know very in tune with what their how their children learn or how their children experience things. But even still, like educators have that extra skill set that give the kids that ability to to gain knowledge easier. Um, oh yeah, I remember. Remember, we fought with our daughter for like two or three hours. Not fought, but she was very frustrated with math. Like she couldn't get this sure. one concept in math. And we went over it with her. There were tears and crying and everything. And so I emailed her teacher, and her teacher was like, "Of course, like I'll get on a private, you know, yeah. Zoom session with her." I swear to God, she said the same shit to her that I did for <laughs> ten minutes, and and our <laughs> and kid like, picked it up real right. quick. And that's just like one example of how you're right. Like we are not teachers. We have doctorate degrees and we can't teach our right. kids simple right. math. No, and I, she kicked my ass in grammar. Right. Like, okay. It doesn't matter who you are, what level of education you have. If you are not a teacher, it is super hard yeah, to I mean, get these concepts across to kids. I give them, I give teachers so much more credit. Huge, than I huge did props to the oh teachers. Huge props to the teachers. You know what? The way that we've kind of worked it. Uh, in the past, and I know we talked about this to cope in the episode two, yeah. uh, is, you know, you were doing a lot of the stuff during the day and then kind of, you know, adjusting your schedule in the evening. And I was taking her in the evening and, and trying to do things with her then. And a lot of that educational element even spilled over into the evening because they're just like, Homework. Yeah, homework. And school's and supposed to end at three. It doesn't end until six. Even the <laughs> things, even the things that, you know, she was, she was supposed to be doing during the day, just kind of took over, you know, took time, it took extra time because it's taking her extra time to absorb it because it's just not, it wasn't taught the same way that it would be in a normal school day. Right. I will say this again, uh, props to the school that she's at. They changed their, uh, their routine a little bit after I think some strongly worded emails, <laughs> not, not just me, not from you, but I think from, but they, they I assure they, you, I don't have that much pull at the school. It was nice. All. It was nice because they, they actually like put it out there and they said, Hey, we want, we kind of want some feedback on this. Like we're going to do, uh, this zoom meeting or we're going to do like some, uh, some individual meetings and we want to hear what you have to say. And they changed a lot of things based on that. And, and it seemed like they were much more interactive with the kids during the day. Uh, and I think that made well, it now a little we're waiting. bit easier. Yeah. Yeah. But now we're waiting to see sort of how that's going to change again. But and we're also waiting. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. But I, you know, from the from the standpoint of two working professional parents and and I, I know that we don't stand alone in this. If you make it so that it's not like one consistent way, I think, uh, and you, your things are changing all the time, like with how the kids are doing things like they're in class, they're they're at home, they're in class, they're at home. I think that makes it even harder. Oh my God, yeah, that's a recipe uh, for disaster. Right. I just feel like it's not a bad way to keep things safe, but it's not like a good way to, I think, just have the kids be educated in terms of their just like their progression. Right. A hundred percent. And and I don't think that's the that's not the fault of the kids. It's not the fault of the school. I think sometimes it just like in the environment where both parents work, it's gonna be hard to find the right routine that works the best so that there's like just the same thing like every day. Well, and think about how lucky we are, how privileged we are. Like we have a two income household. Right. We can, if we have to afford, you know, to get a nanny, maybe right. hoping. And, you know, but think about all the people that don't even have access to internet or a tablet. And, right. you know, Pittsburgh public has been really working their ass off to be able to get their kids to all that. Yeah. However, you know, we have, these resources at our fingertips right. and we 
can't seem to get it together right a, a lot of times so think about how other folks struggle who number one might have low incomes or number two might be single parent homes and have no other choice like they're already working two jobs a day yeah or then you have number three what if you're also going through custody litigation and you got all this other chaos going on in your life and then you also don't have stability at school i think that that's something a lot of folks generally overlook is that school is a lot of times one of the most stable places for for a child in, in early adolescence especially when there's maybe chaos going on at home or there's chaos going on in their community like that's like the one safe place they can go we saw that when they were uh handing out you know free lunches still and, yeah. and free meals because sometimes you don't know where your next meal is going to come from and you know thank god you know again we're very privileged to not have to worry about that for our kid but there are a lot more people that do have to and I think that the best way for the schools to adapt and and provide the best environment while also being safe is the most stable and structured environment. And that's in in my personal and professional opinion, honestly. Yeah. Well, even I, though I'm not giving professional advice. I think part of <laughs> part of it too is that like if there's if there's stress at home even without the umbrella of going back to school and all the all the uncertainty that comes with all these different things, that uncertainty just adds to frustration at home uh and then you have like this whirlwind of just negative just Hurricane. negative emotion uh and 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 that adds just that adds a lot of stress to the environment at home you know parents are upset about the situation and then that leads to different arguments about you know like what should happen between you know even just things like exchanges the kid, the children going back and forth. If there are co-parents involved, mm -hmm. uh, it was easy. It was a little bit easier for us because it was like, you know, here, you will do this during the day. You'll do this during the evening. Mm -hmm. uh, and we tried to make it work the best that we could that way. But you that's know. like having the like picture perfect co-parent relationship. It would right. have been a shit storm if we didn't. Right. So it was like, honestly, we had, we had to communicate about that to be able to and again as i've always kind of said through all this communication is key uh in terms of how you're going to go about these things in the best way possible and there's a lot of negative emotion behind that because people don't know and and i think people were even arguing fundamentally about how they even feel about what the kids should be doing or what's the real risk with this virus what's the real risk with with everything and i think that brings up a lot of issues too between people that's the thing that I'm so sick of hearing about is parents using the excuse of the virus for the reason they can't decide on something. Yeah. Okay. The reason you can't decide on something is because you're not communicating. Like there are standard guidelines and I know that different people have different perspectives on the health and safety, uh, parameter of, of what this virus brings and it is unknown and we're all just doing our best. However, it's so frustrating professionally and personally hearing from different people mm -hmm. that, you know, using the virus as a reason like, okay, no, normally this time of year, we would still be having school choice hearings. People are still going to be fighting over where to send their kid to school and what's the best environment. But now we got COVID. And just like if you don't want to go out in a pandemic and you're like, Oh no, not in a pandemic. I couldn't possibly. Now we got, well, COVID this and COVID that. And so now they have a new thing to be, complaining about or to be adding to that. So it's definitely added a new dimension to what we're dealing with and looking at in terms of like custody litigation and not being able to communicate. Right. So I actually wanted to hear from your perspective, how you think, 
from like a lay person's point of view, yeah. how, how to start the conversation on, and being a, a physician, like how to start the conversation on what is safe versus what is them saying that yeah. is, you know, using it is basically like, and bullshit. I'll be the first one to say like, I'm, I don't consider myself any kind of like public health expert by any stretch of the imagination. But what I will say is that this situation from a medical standpoint, this virus is something to be taken seriously. People get lackadaisical about that. And I think some people use it to their advantage in some ways and, and to a disadvantage in other ways. Just like you said, with court hearings and this kind of thing, it's easy to use that as a, as a leverage piece for wanting somebody to go a certain direction in terms of the child's care or right. exchanges or, or whatever it is. Um, the best way, I think, to approach this is, again, removing yourself from the situation a little bit and just saying, what is the best thing that I, that I could possibly do for my child or children? And I think that's, that even gets a little bit blurry because everybody's going to have their own perspective on what they think individually is the best thing. So that's fine. Two people can have two opinions on what they feel is the best thing for the children. But it has to be coming together with those two ideas and being able to discuss that in a way that makes sense to kind of bring those two things together. And I know that that's so much easier said. How about we start with like a foundation of science? That's kind of what I was getting at. Like start, like what's the foundation and then how do you build from there with communication, obviously and other things, but I mean, it's like I said, you have to take this, you have to take this seriously. So when you're from a scientific standpoint, like number one, go to the CDC website, look up the guidelines on what, uh, right. Do not go to Facebook. Right. What people should be doing in terms of like what is real with this virus. Right. Take that education that you get from that and apply it to what your school or schools or, or environments are doing to keep the children safe. If they're meeting those guidelines, then then that's fine. If you feel like you can meet those guidelines at home, then that's fine. But you can't be putting children, I think, in situations where that is a little bit blurred. There's one side of things that blurs that a little bit more than the other then that really needs to be what do you mean by addressed. That? I guess if, if somebody if it like, so you and I are both really on the same page with what we feel like these, like what, how we should follow these guidelines and what we should be doing. Right. Some people, you know, you could have two people in a situation that are at completely opposite ends of the spectrum of what they feel like, how seriously they feel to take this pandemic and take all these restrictions. Right. So there's no way for me to really stand in the middle of that and say, you're wrong, you're wrong on this or this or this. Well, unless they're saying that this whole thing is a hoax and we shouldn't pay attention to it, then you're wrong. But in a lot of of cases, (laughs) it it doesn't even matter. Like, you just have to follow the guidelines. Like, follow the guidelines that these people who have very highly educated opinions on these topics are providing for us. Right. Um, You can can think whatever you want to think about that itself. The reality is, this is here. This is here now in the community, and, and we have to deal with it. Right. Um, you know, and it's not like these guidelines are asking a lot. I mean, wear a mask, wash your hands routinely, stay six feet apart. And, and, and I mean, those are the most basic things. And, and in all honesty, those are probably the things that matter the most. Well, and those guidelines, if you think about it, have really been in place for decades. Right. When you go to a gas station, it has always said no shirt, no shoes, no service. Now you just have to wear a mask. Or if you go to a country club, they say you got to wear a collared shirt. Right, there's a dress code. Right, dress code. I don't I have not heard a riot or a P- 
peaceful protests or anything where people have been like, no, F that. I refuse to wear shoes inside a gas station. Right. And that is my constitutional right, right to not wear shoes inside a gas station. I never heard that. I mean, just, I mean, the mask thing excel- itself isn't asking a lot of people. Does no. it? I mean, yes, it, it sucks. Like, I don't like wearing yeah. a mask all the time. I don't like to have to worry about putting it on, taking it off. I don't want to have to wear it all day through the office. But the reality is I'm protecting people by wearing that. 100%. And that, that's real. Like, that's a real thing. Um, you know, and, and there are a lot of these, uh, I think, biases out there about, you know, if you're wearing these masks, you're not depriving yourself of oxygen. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. Talk you, about that. The one time like it was back in April where you put on your first N95 mask. Yeah. I, you know, if wearing some of these other like highly uh, if you're wearing a, a much more solid mask, uh, like the rebreathe, like the non rebreathing masks or anything like that. Like, yes, those are a little bit harder to wear through the day, but they're a lot more protective. Um, but it, with the with the disposable masks and the cloth masks like that everybody is being asked to wear, you know, throughout the day now, you're not depriving yourself of, of oxygen flow. Uh, you know, your body accommodates all of those all of those changes physiologically. Um, that's why we have working kidneys. Uh, you know, so I <laughs> most mean, most of us have working kidneys. Yeah, most of us. But that's but again, that's that's the issue that you say right, most of us exactly. like most of us have healthy bodies right Right. i think but there are a lot of people that don't and the problem with this virus is that the people that aren't healthy are the ones that are being affected and there are all these pushes on you know in a lot of different uh different facets of medicine where they are pushing harder for people to be healthier and they're proving a lot more that people that have high cholesterol and poorly controlled diabetes and have heart risks and have lung risks they are way more susceptible to this virus. People that are even overweight in a lot of cases are even more susceptible to this virus. And that's a lot of people in the population. Oh yeah. We are not slim Americans. And so <laughs> it's easy for somebody that's healthy, who has a good immune system, who doesn't have any health problems, who doesn't take any medications to say, oh, well, it's my constitutional right to not have to choose to wear a mask. I'm healthy. This virus isn't going to affect me. You're probably right on a lot of levels. Like the virus may not infect you to a point where it's going to be a problem for your body to handle, but you transferring that to somebody that does have a problem, that's going to be a big issue. And it's going to cause a lot more just community health problems. Plus like think about when people uh, complain about the masks and getting air. Have you ever seen like a TikTok or even a video for people that don't use TikTok, um, with like an ER uh, physician or an ER nurse or anybody that's a tech, they have to put on so many layers and yeah. they wear those layers for like eight to twelve hours. Especially wor- those working in hospitals that are now overcrowded because yeah. people wanted to go to the friggin' bar on the weekend. So, right. I think we've gone away from the school subject. We have, we have, but but it's but, but it's, it's important. important. <laughs> it's, it's a important. public health yeah. issue. I mean, it's important. And again, you know, I I just want to stress that like. Wearing a mask, I think the big takeaway is that wearing a mask isn't a problem. Like, it's not like, and I think your example speaks to it. Like, if somebody asks you to wear shoes to go into a gas station or to go into, like, a restaurant at the beach or something like that, nobody argues that. But as soon as you tell somebody to put on a mask, for a reason that's completely different than even wearing a shirt or shoes. Right people are so against this and I understand that like people have the mindset of I don't want to be told what to do I don't want to fall in line with whatever 
the man or whoever is telling me what to do. I, I, I guess well, I guess what, like every year you it, have to get a driver's license right. every year. You have to register your vehicle. Right. Like this is just, this is nothing new and it just goes I mean, on your face. Yeah. And yeah I mean, it ruins my lipstick and I hate it, but, but it's vain. not, but it's just, it's just, I mean, it's a, it's a thing. It's it, you know, it's, I feel like people that wear glasses for, you know, better eyesight wear glasses and they don't complain about it or contacts or, you know, but this is, this mask is like, just asking somebody to do something for, you know, protecting other people, even if it's not doing anything to protect you. So how do you think the kids are going to wear masks at school day? That was going to be my next. <laughs> that was going to be the transition. Uh, you read my you mind. You saw in Georgia. Right. That was the reason. Overcrowding. They had hundreds of cases. But it was because students were like, yeah, F this. This is crazy. Well, it's hard. I mean, yeah. It's, when adults don't do it, especially. Right. Our daughter, we've been lucky because, you know, she she gets the concept. We've had a lot of talks about it. You know, she's but I she's mean, she's generally forgetful about everything. Like yeah. We've also talked about. So right. we have to say. Remember your mask. Yeah, we had to really beat that. You know, it was like you had to keep using that same. We had to keep saying it over and over again. Where's your mask? Where's your mask? Do you have your mask? Is your mask on? Put your yep. mask on. Mm -hmm. And after time, it just becomes habitual. I understand that kids, especially younger kids. I mean, you know, it's going to be tough. Yeah. Our, our daughter's at the age where she is aware a little bit of how this is like what's going on, why it's important, you know, and, and we've taken that time to have that talk. But younger kids, even if you have that discussion with them, no matter where you stand on it, you know, they're not going to be cognizant about where. Again, that I feel mask. for the teachers so much. Yeah. Um, they're going to be like having kids sticking their fingers in each other's noses and mouths. Right. And especially I mean, kindergarten. Younger, younger kids. You know, it's it's. Yeah. I mean, they just they're just there to like be kids like they don't know about 100 percent, you know, and, and you're not going to be able to change that. They're going to be excited to see each other. Right. because They haven't had social interaction in right. months. And. I mean, that's that's one of the really great things that's going to come out of this is right. that they will be able to at least see each other for a little bit or however long they are in school. Right. And yeah, and kind of we've gotten on on a huge tangent. But I think going back to understanding how to, you know, we say communicate a lot. And I think that breaking down what that communication looks like for two people who are fighting over everything, including but not limited to what their kid eats during the course of a day. I mean, it's this is a tough subject and right. it's very complex. So just try, even if you can't stand to look at your co-parent, just think about the kid. Think about the health of your child. Think about how you both would feel you know, look at your kid and think about how either of you would feel if, God forbid, they got sick or something happened, you know, and that's the extreme of it. However, that's something that we as a nation are, are dealing with right now. Mm -hmm. And it's a possibility, at least, that we're dealing with right now. Mm -hmm. So even if you think it's a hoax and it's never going to happen. It's a risk reward thing. So one of the things that I talked about early on uh, in one of the earlier episodes of the podcast, and this had more to do with like monetary stuff, but what's the cost of being right, right? Right. So let's just say, for example, the people who believe that this that the virus doesn't exist and it's just a political thing and whatever, whatever, like, let's just say that they're right. OK, what's the cost of taking these precautions, even in the course that 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 ideal is right and this doesn't really exist? The cost, the, the detrimental cost is almost zero. Like you wear a mask whatever sucks, you invest, you invest some money in disposable masks. Yeah. Your hands are a little cleaner and <laughs> you're apart from your friends a little bit more. So you have a little bit less social interaction. Right. Uh, now, okay. That's disbanding from the arguments of like businesses closing and like all these other things. So I don't, I'm not going to get into that aspect of it, but 
I think it's like talking though, talking through right. for those people with with parents that yeah. are not able to communicate. Now so. the other the other aspect of that is what's the risk if they're wrong? You know, then we have a lot bigger public health crisis, right? Because a lot more people are getting sick. Hospitals are closing. More businesses are closing uh, because of this. And then we have this, again, this like extreme economic downturn. So it's it's easy to say, like, I don't believe in this. Like, I, I don't I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to be a part of this. But you run a much greater risk of having more things go wrong taking that stance. So I think in the course of communication between two people who are on very opposite ends of the spectrum, I think both people just need to take the perspective of what is the risk if I'm wrong? And for people that don't really get along very well, it's easy to say you're wrong. Like I don't like, you know, and just be angry about it. But what if you're wrong? Uh, like what if the person who's accusing you of that is is wrong? Right. And kind of taking a step back from that ego and being like, just stop running into court over shit like this. Like yeah. it's not worth it. And let me tell you, judges don't want to hear about this kind of stuff. They really want you guys to be able to make your own decisions on right. this. And you should be able to. If you are mature enough to have a child and raise it, then you need to be mature enough to get through a conversation about something like this. Right. So I think going to, you know, two people that as you and I being two people who have had significant difficulties with communicating and right. not and not liking each other and being on completely opposite ends of the spectrum on a lot of different topics. I understand, I think, from the standpoint of two different people who can't really agree on something. At the end of the day, going back to school is a, is a reality. Like that's, and for a lot of people, that's going to happen. But if you go into that, that situation in, in terms of where you really the two of you can't communicate and can't come to an agreement. All that's going to do is just add stress. So like if this were 2017, where, how do you think our conversation would have gone? Oh man. Um, <laughs> it would have happened in the driveway. Right. I mean, I'm sure. It, it would, <laughs> yeah, it's driveway. The, the, that driveway, the, the, the neutral zone. It would have been, it would have been difficult. I mean, we would have come at it. I think just in that sort of angry mode. I would have said, I don't want to stay at home and homeschool right. another year year what right. are you going to do about it right to how which you would have replied you, yeah how are you going to change your schedule to be able to accommodate this and i mean that's not really that you know no it's not i mean it's not i don't think the request is unrealistic i mean i think it's just a matter of you know we would have argued over everything sure i mean i you know i i would have had to take the perspective of what do i need to do for my day is there a way that i can adjust my day to kind of make this work better for not just uh, you, but also for our ch our child. Right. But if we were fighting every single day, tooth and nail, I can almost guarantee you there would have been a fight. There would have been letters between attorneys. Yeah. So, you know, strongly, I can... Strongly worded letters. Strongly worded letters. There would have definitely been an email from me to everyone. Strongly worded email. Strongly worded email. Like RIP to your weekend like, email. I'm a huge fan of... An, do not ever do this ever. I'm a, I used to be a huge fan of sending a email to co-parenting counselor and including opposing counsel on the email. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that ever. Don't be not that a guy. good idea. Don't be me. <laughs> Look how much we've learned. Right. Um, and you know, at the end of the day though, you have to have to do what's best for the kid and don't use in, in so-and-so's best interest barf, Okay, 
Right, your, your child isn't a bargaining chip. Like, no, don't do that. Literally, just look at your kid in the face and say, think to yourself, don't tell your kid this, but look at your child in the eyes and say, okay, what is best for them? What bullshit stubbornness do I have to put aside, even if I don't want to, for the sake of this child? We are in again, barf, unprecedented times. This is not normal. Right. Like these are not normal co-parenting no. decisions that we would make. This isn't even anything that we've had to deal with ever. Right. Right. So it's like, that's kind of what we are looking at as intact families, as separated families who are co-parenting. There's just so much more that we're having to deal with. But at the end of the day, it really is, okay, what is best for my kid? Because you don't want to be in court six months down the road arguing about hospital bills because all of a sudden, God forbid, something happened. Well, the hardest the hardest question to ask as a co-parent who does not like or does not agree with the other co-parent is, how do I help you? That's yes. what that's one of the hardest things to and, and right now with this, you you have to ask that question. You have to help each other. Um and and that is the that is the most difficult thing is to actually like extend that to somebody that you're fighting with, somebody that you com- completely disagree with. It's just how do I help to meet you in the middle with this? But you also have to kind of know like where your your boundaries are in terms of how much you how much you want to communicate that. But the bottom line is, you know, you have to be willing to put yourself out there a little bit. You have to be willing to give up some ground, give up your stance on some things to be able to get to a good middle ground. Like I always say to anybody in in a lot of situations, please don't just bring me problems. I need you to bring me a problem with a solution. I can't just have you saying this is personally, professionally and in like discussions with colleagues and stuff. Like I don't want you to bring me seven no's to anything that I suggest. You can disagree with whatever you want with what I say. However, I don't want you to say, no, you can't do that. No, no, no. Okay. Well then, Tell me what you want or tell me what you can do. Well, the difficult thing, too, is that I think a lot of people are relying on they're taking these arguments to litigation because they want the lawyers and they want the the judges to make that decision for them or to force someone to say, well, you have to give this up or you have to give this up. And the reality is they may tell you something that you don't want to change or that you don't want to give up, or they may tell you something that could have been a lot of a lot more easily decided between the two of you that would have made your lives easier without having a court order but now that that's in place you don't have a choice 100 percent. because right. once you hand it over to a judge they might give you a decision that neither of you like right and, and then, then you're it, both screwed right and then it's a big problem and then you're fighting about that so yeah. what did, so what did you really gain right yeah so i mean you know uh I, and it's your fault right yeah how many times does that come out of our mouth? Oh my God. So many times. But I think, but yeah, I, I, you just have to be, I think, willing to give up a little bit. It's a give and take and nobody likes that. Nobody likes, nobody likes being in a situation where they're upset and having to recalibrate to feel like you're, you're giving something up. So I was just scrolling through some of my old posts on my personal IG account because I remember our kid bringing these rules home from it would have been first grade, I think. Mm-hmm. And it was rules to be friendly. And it said, number one, we won't make jokes that hurt someone's feelings and then say, just kidding. Number two. Or just saying. Just saying. That's Doc Sal's favorite. Sorry. <laughs> we will try to solve the problem with the person we are upset with in a calm voice. Use your therapy voice yeah. when you communicate with your co-parent. But not the condescending therapy voice. I'm not yelling. You're yelling. (laughs) And this is not how you talk to a co-parent like they're five. (laughs) Right. Just be calm. 
be cool. Don't be all uncool. Uh, number three, we will not blame others for our own actions. We will admit when we are wrong. Wow. Yeah. Damn. That's that's a wow. mind blown. Right. That's a kindergarten or first grade rule to follow. Right. Number four, we won't exclude people from our games. We can all be friendly. Don't exclude the other co-parent from decision-making. Right. That will land you in court, my friends, possibly <laughs> with a contempt. Right. If you're in front of the if right judge. Another court we don't order. know. Yep. Depends on the day. It depends on the judge. Yeah. Number five, we will allow each other the privacy to talk about problems. We won't, quote, get in each other's business. These are great rules. Boundaries. Boundaries. And don't let friends and family get in your business. Y'all need to talk about it yourselves. Figure it out and make a decision. Episode five. And finally, number six. I thought there were only five, but apparently they needed a last one. We will, quote, stop doing something like pushing when someone asks us to stop. Okay, never push each other. Right, don't do that. Never. Don't. That'll land you in PFA. Right, court. don't do that. Yeah, no pushing. No pushing. No, no kicking. Be nice. Right. <laughs> but definitely say, stop. Let me say my piece in a very calm voice whenever you think that you can talk calmly to your co-parent and right. make it worth it it's I, I, these are I'm, great rules to follow right i will say this though oh wait <laughs> being last. On, oh sorry. go ahead no go ahead i was gonna say being on the opposite end of this in a lot of cases sometimes when another person is talking to you calmly or they're 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 talking quote unquote talking to you calmly like it, it can be the most you feel like it can be the most condescending thing in the world oh my god and in terms of yelling and arguing, I do not yell in an, in an argument. I will I will talk like this. And it nothing makes JSL more upset. It is mind boggling. Than a non emotive person. I don't I don't understand it. <laughs> it's my expert face. This is, yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. But the last thing on this list, this was not a number, but it said, remember to think of how our words and actions make other people feel. Right. Boom. Man, we should just make, we could make all co-parents go back to kindergarten. We would all fail, <laughs> us, us included. Simple rules. <laughs> but this is great that they're teaching this, but it really made me, our discussion really made me think about that because if we just kind of apply those simple rules. Rules to, of engagement. Yes, rules of engagement. I like that. Nice. To like co-parenting and kind of the overall umbrella of like first grade. Let's just all go back to first grade. Let's yeah. just be nice. Yeah. Like, Sharing is caring. Let's be calm, cool. Yeah. Don't touch one another. Don't touch one another. <laughs> I mean, really, I, I think we could just solve the world's problems. Right. We just all got to go back to first grade and pass it as adults. I don't know if we could. That's, We'd be Billy Madison apparently style. We, we, have, we have failed miserably. Oof, we failed a lot of times. Not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think taking those, actually taking those things and applying it to your uh, co-parenting situation and discussions again, like don't just bring each other problems. It's, it's bound to start an argument and yeah. it sounds like you're criticizing each other. And that even as a world that we live in right now, we don't need to be criticizing each other. We need yeah. to be more on the same page with each other. So don't just bring criticisms, bring solutions. Well, that goes back. I think that goes back to, uh, you know, trying to be number one parent too. I think when you're, right. when you come to somebody with a problem, I think automatically the other the person on the other end of that feels like they're not doing a good job and it's not even necessarily what they're doing it's just that it's a problem that needs to be addressed but automatically that person takes that as a criticism and and it, it feels like it knocks them off their pedestal Absolutely. as the number one parent 
and in reality, number one parent isn't even a thing. Like that no. doesn't even that's not it's even something a real, that exists in our mind. It does. It's, it's a pedestal you put yourself on only because you want to do the best thing for your children. I mean, most times, and that's I feel like that's respectable if it's for the right reason. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, as as somebody who has presented problems, you know, I, I've even presented Shannon with problems personally that I feel like. It, it either just makes her feel like she's not doing something right. And I know she's done the same thing to me where I feel like it just automatically knocks me down. And that's not the case by any means. It's just a matter of trying to present a, an issue that you have to communicate about. And you, you just can't, you're, you have to shut your ego off a little bit and say, this isn't what I'm doing wrong. It's a problem that we are both facing that we need to address together. Yeah. I think that's actually a really good point. And really being mindful and being insightful and thinking, okay, I need to just leave my ego at the door because being right isn't going to make you happy. Right. What's the cost of being right? Exactly. Right. 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 Hashtag am I right? Hashtag correct. Question mark. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, just communicating in a calm, not condescending kind of way with your co-parent and just kind of recognizing that we got to do this shit together. It's so hard really hard <laughs> what we decide what are we doing this year yeah i don't even think we yeah i don't yeah. even i don't even know i decided i quit hashtag i don't even know i quit i am not homeschooling i'm quitting i'm gonna win the lottery you're I'm you're, just you're do, retiring as a home educator i'm retiring i have retired as a I'm home hanging educator it up. i'm hanging I it up i'm gonna hit the lottery i'm gonna go do doctors without borders or pro bono work somewhere and that's it i'm yeah, done good luck with that i'll yeah. be here in reality okay <laughs> Good, because I still need child support. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's going to be a strongly worded email. <laughs> strongly worded email. <laughs> We're doing okay. Yeah, I mean, I, with with all this, there's there's been discussions that we've even had recently that have been, what are we going to do? Yeah, and I think, I mean, for us, at so far, our kids' school is going to be 100% in-person brick and mortar with a lot of restrictions set up. And for us and our family, we've decided that our child is healthy enough and we feel safe enough for her to go back. Uh, but whenever that changes or if that changes, then... We have to adapt. We're going to have to adapt. And, um, you know, we'll have to figure it out. I don't know if, you know, for our situation, uh, like we've said before, you know, Doc Sal is a physician, so it we can't really have our kid a lot around, you know, that many patients and people, but we'll figure it out. If right. anybody is in uh, high school and they're learning remotely and they need an annying job, <laughs> please email humanbropgh at gmail.com. <laughs> Way to plug. Good hey, plug. man. We <laughs> no, but, but for, all, for all the parents out there, I think, who are really struggling with this right now and who don't know uh, what they're going to do, how they're going to approach this, um, just look at the situation as... What's the best thing that I can do for the child? Just take a step back. Take a breath. Honestly, it sounds cliche. It really helps. Just take a deep breath. Take a step back. Try to look at the landscape instead of just the situation in front of you. And, you know, just know that you're all doing the best that you can with the information that you have. And that's all that we're all doing. Right. So I think we... I think we did it again. I think we I think we knocked another one out. That's it. But if you guys do have questions or I mean, obviously, like we said, we can't give advice. But if you have questions, please DM us on Instagram at umadbropgh or send us an email. Umadbropgh dot or at gmail dot com. 
<laughs> we also have a website now, which is yeah. what I was going to say. It's umadbropgh.com. Uh, right. So we'll see you all next week. Rate, review, subscribe. I always forget that one. You're going to clutch, JSL. I'm trying. <laughs> all right, everybody. Have a great week. Stay safe. Bye-bye.